Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Doberson, and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. In this episode of the podcast, I want to consider a commentary by Rashi, the 11th century Torah commentator, the first place we look, not the only place, but the first place we look to discover a rabbinic interpretation of a verse from the Torah. I want to explore a commentary of Rashi on this week's Torah portion of Parshat Akev. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 4. Rashi makes two comments about a phrase in that verse, two very different comments to explain a difficult phrase. I want you to know from the beginning that I love one of them. I, I, I just embrace it and think it's wonderful. The other one, I don't like. I don't like it because I view a part of the story of the Exodus from a very particular perspective. And this particular commentary of Rashi does not work with something that I like to teach. So let's see if we can understand the positive and the not so positive commentary of Rashi, at least from my perspective, because I think they both have something to say about our relationship with Jewish tradition. Let me begin by setting the scene. What's happening here in chapter 8? Well, what's happening here is what's happening throughout the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy. Moses is speaking to the generation which is about to enter into the land of Canaan. The exodus has been completed. They are on the border of Canaan. This generation are adults. They were the children who stood at Mount Sinai, the children who, who uh, left Egypt. Their parents, their grandparents, were not allowed to enter into the land because of the sin of following the suggestion, the idea of the ten scouts who said, we can't conquer this land, the people are too strong for us, and we can't do it. The people agreed with them, demanded to return to Egypt. As a punishment, God says this generation will die out in the desert and their children will instead inherit the land. And that's the cause for the 40-year wandering in the desert. So Moses is talking to this generation and he's reminding them of some stories which took place. He's reminding them of the laws which they had been given. And he's telling them some things that we didn't read about elsewhere in the Torah, and one of them is at the beginning of chapter 8, verse 4. Moses says the following. He says, Simlatcha lo Your clothes did not wear out for 40 years. Throughout the wandering in the desert, your clothes did not wear out. Now, we might understand this metaphorically or poetically, but Rashi understands it literally. And as fanciful as it is, I want to understand it the same way. I want to approach it literally. So Rashi has to explain how that could possibly have happened, that their clothes didn't wear out for 40 years. And here's his first sentence. Actually, it's his second one. The second one is the one that I like. So we'll go with that one first. He says, their clothes grew with them as they grew. It's not so much answering the question of how could their clothes not wear out, 
he's answering the question, how could their clothes still be functional, still be usable? And he says that as these children grew to be adults, their clothes grew with them. And he compares it, and this is a midrashic idea we've read elsewhere, that it was like a snail whose shell grows as the snail grows. I love that commentary because it speaks to me about how we should relate to Jewish tradition. And I think this is rather obvious, certainly obvious to people who study in adult education classes or who listen carefully to rabbis speaking from the Bema or who uh, listen to podcasts like this one. We need to understand Judaism as adults. We need to understand the stories, the rituals, the ideas of our tradition in a critical manner. We need to think about them seriously. We need to grapple with them. We need to bring our ideas from other sources of, of, of knowledge and sources of wisdom, whether it be history, whether it be science, whether it be philosophy, and use them to help us analyze and understand our tradition better. We need to understand the stories of our tradition better. We don't just read the stories as if they were fables. We try to understand what they mean at great depth and perhaps also, and I think this is important to understand, what influenced the stories to be told in the way that they were. We need to look at our holidays and not see them as simple, but see them as multi-layered. All of this comes with learning. All of this comes with maturity and an ability to analyze as adults. We also have to look at our experiences as adults and project them onto Jewish traditions and vice versa. We have to look at the various stages we go through in our lives as adults and the various moods we are in and the various experiences we have and find ways to, to make connections with Jewish tradition because our lives as adults are much more complicated, of course, than our lives were as children. So our, Jew, our connection with Jewish tradition has to grow with us. Thank you, Rashi, for, for teaching us that. Now, here's the commentary that I don't like. Rashi has another way of explaining how their clothes did not wear out for 40 years. He says that uh, the clouds of glory, the clouds that accompanied the people leading their way through the desert, the divine cloud, in essence acted like a laundry, cleaning their clothes every night so that they were fresh the next day. He doesn't actually say that about night and day. I'm adding that, but uh, it's the idea that the that the that the 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 um, clouds wash their garments so that they remain clean. I don't like that interpretation at all, and I'm going to tell you why. But you have to take a leap of faith with me as we understand this midrashically from a very specific perspective and something I think that many of you can relate to. Let's talk about Mount Sinai for a minute. What was the sensory experience in Mount Sinai? Well, the most dominant one that we think of, perhaps, is hearing. They heard the words of the Torah. They heard the shofar blowing. They heard the uh, thunder. What about vision? They saw lightning, and they saw flames. And maybe they saw more, but what, in, in clouds of glory of God. But whatever they saw and whatever they heard, faded over time. It must have. Echoes fade away. We can't keep a, a sight in our mind forever. But there was one other sensory experience. And that other sensory experience had to do with the smoke around Mount Sinai. 
Torah says that there was a lot of smoke. So I want you to think for a minute, and I'm going to say in a very positive way. Think about your experiences with smoke. Think about a camping trip you might have been on. Think about sitting around a campfire. What do you take with you from that campfire? Well, if you're anything like me, and I'm sure that most of you have had this experience, you take away the smell of that fire, the smoke from that fire on your clothes. And unless and until you wash them, that smoke is going to be with you. And it's going to remind you of the campfire. It can't help but do that. I like to believe that when the Torah says your clothes, that you were wearing the same clothes for 40 years, that I wouldn't want God to clean the clothes. Because if you're going to wear those clothes for 40 years, then you should be able to carry with you the smell of Mount Sinai. The, the generation of the Exodus, the children who stood at Sinai, got the smoke in their clothes. And if their clothes lasted for 40 years, they carried that smoke with them. And that was critical because that would have been their sensory connection to Mount Sinai. Through all of what they learned, through all of their experience, through all of the laws that they taught, through all the stories that happened, through the ups and the downs, that smoke would remind them of the foundational moment of standing at Mount Sinai. And they needed to have that with them as they entered into the land. Now, what's that have to do with the first part of this discussion? Let me share with you a very short quotation from Abraham Joshua Heschel, which I'm going to relate to this discussion. Heschel wrote, quote, we must beware lest we violate the holy, lest our dogmas overthink the mystery. As much as it is critical that our approach to Jewish tradition, our understanding of our rituals and the holidays and the stories grow as we do, deepen as we grow, become more mature as we become more mature, there's a danger. And that is we'll cover over the essence of what Judaism is with so much learning and so much knowledge and so many grappling with ideas and so many different thoughts that we'll lose the mystery will lose the magic that really is at the essence of our faith and perhaps what we learned when we were younger. I am not advocating for ignoring the need to, to understand Judaism as an adult. Absolutely, we need to. But if that's all we do, then it's a problem. We need to find that, to use a metaphor, that smoke of Sinai. We need to find that peace that, that connects us to something greater, something mysterious, something magical. We need to remember what it felt like for many of us to light Hanukkah candles when we were children, if we had that, if we had that opportunity and to just look at the candles and delight in them without thinking about all of the issues that Hanukkah presents or all of the fascinating historical development about the holiday, which we need to know. But we need to con connect somehow with that simpler sense as well. 
we need to think of what it might have felt like, and this is from my own experience, to sit at the Seder table and be totally mystified, a little scared in some way, when it came time to welcome Elijah to the Seder. Now when I think about it, we think about what Elijah represents in our tradition and all the things that go along with it and all of the ideas and political thoughts we have about making it a better world, but maybe we need, I think we definitely need, to capture that sense of mystery that we might have had as a child when we thought about Elijah. We need to think about our own personal theology and we need to grapple with all of the contradictions and the, the problems and the weaknesses of individual arguments, etc. But there needs to be a part of us that we can access as well that just simply believes in God. The bottom line is, to go back to Rashi's commentary, our Judaism has to grow with us. But if somehow the simple, foundational, naive, very, very youthful exuberance that we might have felt one time towards Judaism, if we let that wash away, then we're losing something. I'll say it simply, we need to be adults when we think about Judaism. But we can't stop being children as well. Until next time, thank you.